This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Time now for Humphrey Bogart and Lauren McCall in Bold Venture. Bold Venture. Adventure, intrigue, mystery, romance, starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren McCall. Together in the sultry setting of tropical Havana and the mysterious islands of the Caribbean. Bold Venture. Magic names of Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall bring you Bold Venture and a tale of mystery and intrigue. Feels good, huh, sailor? Morning sun in your face, the Caribbean wind in your hair. How else would it feel? That's what I said. Good. How does it look on me? Well, let me consider it. Yeah. You at the wheel of our boat, the sun on your lips, square patch on your dungarees. We finished this fishing trip, sailor. You go buy a midi blouse with an extra pair of pants. Gee, Willikers, Daddy. You make me feel like a girl who was born with a silver ladle in her mouth. Come closer, kid, and I'll lipstick a thank you on your brow. If you want to show gratitude, go aft and thank Mr. Jeffrey. He's paying for the trip. I tried. I went aft, gentle and furry as a kitten. I said thank you for hiring us, Mr. Jeffrey. Thank you for the payment we will receive when we set you ashore with your load of fish. Thank you, I said. And what did he say? He grunted. So I flounced off. So I left him to his rod and reel. Well, so long as he pays us, you won't let a grunt stand between him and you, huh, sailor? Jeffrey came to me, hired the boat for a fishing trip for him and a friend. But the friend never showed up. That cuts our profits in half. So he'll buy only one pair of pants. Let me finish, huh? So he hires our boat. If he wants to sit there and fish in Lonesome Splendor, not talk to anyone, grunt. That's his right. That's... Hey, he's got a strike. Listen to that line sing. Hey, Jeffrey, you got a big one, a beauty. Look at that sport go. No, let him run a little more. Now, now reel in. Reel in. What's the matter, kid? Don't freeze up now. I said reel in. Ah, you lost him. You had a picture fish and you lost him. Jeffrey. Hey, Jeffrey, what's the matter with you? What? I heard the line snap, Slade. What's with this, Jeffrey? An amateur? 
How does he let a beauty like that get away from it? I'll tell you how, sailor. He died. He's dead. That's how. I wish you'd say something, Rico. Pensive. In thoughts. I am thinking about it. Oh, stop here for a minute. Of course, of course, as you wish it. Amy. Shh. That diamond's winking at me. The blue one. About three carats. I'll want that one, Rico. In my wedding ring. From you to me. Because I love you. And you can afford it. You could buy me a sack full out of the small change you carry. Amy. Mm-hmm. Amy, you are sure. About Senor Jeffrey, I mean. The Senor from Iowa. Oh. It is no longer between you and Senor Jeffrey what it used to be. That's what's bothering you, huh? See. Si. Rico, listen to me. Matt Jeffrey showed up in Havana a couple of days ago. Oh, I'll admit it. There was a flutter when he called. I met him this morning for breakfast and to go fishing. When I saw him, I laughed to myself because I was happy. Happy? Because I knew he didn't mean anything to me. Just you, Rico. That's why I left Matt Jeffrey before we went in the restaurant. And that's why I came running to you without even changing. <laughs> Buy me a wedding ring, Rico. Congratulate me, Senor Shannon, Senorita Duval. You did something, LaSalle? A beautiful thing. A clever thing. I have apprehended the murderers of Matt Jeffrey. He was murdered? Well, the man died quietly on our boat. There was no one around. Him. Only was... you and Senor Shannon. And inside the dead man, enough poison to have killed him three times over. Matt Jeffrey was murdered. If you say so. And you've got his murderers. I'm glad for you and for Jeffrey. Who are they? You and you. Please, sign your confessions. We will shake hands and we will still be friends. Here, sign. All written out for us, huh, LaSalle? Hmm. Well, read me the small print where it says why we killed him. I left the spaces blank for you to fill in. Because I also could not puzzle why you want dead a man who is so poor he must live in Havana in a mouse hole like the Las Flores Hotel. A man who digs into his savings to hire your boat for fish. A man who... How much dough you got on you, sailor? Three bucks and a dime. Why? Well, let's see. I've got, uh, yeah... $42. That makes 45 and a dime for a candy bar. Enough for bail, LaSalle? For 45 pesos, you expect that I... Well, here's another buck. I was holding it out for cab there. Come on, sailor. Let's go fill in the blank spaces on why we killed a man. Here's 20 centavos back, senor. Take a streetcar. A streetcar named, we desire you to come back to the pokey. Come back. Or we bring you back on a dummy gun rickshaw. <laughs> Don't you pay attention to us? It is so seldom, Senor, that a man brings his blushing bride to this hotel for a honeymoon that I am beside myself with frenzy and delight. And now I can do for you what? Didn't you have a guest here named Matt Jeffrey? Uh, <laughs> this desk bell would just about fit in the middle of that yawn, Chico. All right, you ask for Put it. Put the bell down, Slate. 
Chico. Chico, look at him. You know something, Chico? You're the cutest little old Chico I've seen uh, all day. Observe, senorita, when I yawn. Gold teeth flash. Twenty-three gold teeth in my mouth. I have a friend who has twenty-five gold teeth. They are expensive. How much? Ten pesos. Current fee for the bicuspid of gold. You'll get it. What about Matt Jeffrey? This morning he walked out into the Havana daylight. Before he left for the daylight, he made two calls through the telephone in his room, through the switchboard at my left, out into the world of hustle and bustle. Ten pesos, senor, for the numbers he called, and so that I may eat with gold. Yeah, here. And here's to you. I give you thanks. Here's two nickels, sailor. Use that payphone on the wall. Call these numbers. Right. Norton's arch up. Norton speaking. Who? Norton. Rain Norton. Oh, sorry. I got the wrong number. First one was Norton's arch up, Slate. Try the other one. Okay. Hello? Hello. This is Mary, the Sunshine Girl. Your phone number has been selected to receive a spiffy prize of one year's free service. May I have your name and address, please? Amy Webb, 1212 Paseo Royale. Free service for what? Got him, Slate. Let's go. Yes? I'm Slate Shannon. This is Sailor DeVal. And? There's a man named Matt Jeffrey on a fishing trip this morning. He died. He was poisoned. Come in. This is a cozy nook. What did this coffee table set you back, honey? Don't I know you? Maybe. I don't remember. What do you two characters want? Matt Jeffrey called you a couple of hours before he died. If it twists you inside, you can call me, too. What about Matt Jeffrey? He was a nice fellow. Had shoulders. Went good with tall corn. You got shoulders, too. Why don't you get rid of the drab girls, Blake? See? I'm biting my lip. I'm being very nice. I'm behaved. Mm-hmm. Well, the police are in on this, Amy. Maybe we can save you some grief. I'll go along with that. Matt was a boy from Iowa I was engaged to once. We rubbed cheeks at college dances. He showed up in Havana. Called me a couple of nights ago. I saw him this morning. Called you this morning, too. To make final arrangements for the day. Breakfast and a fishing trip. Well, huh? Did you have breakfast with him? Mm-hmm. We were crossing an alley. A cat ran by and rubbed itself against his trousers. Matt kicked the cat in the face. You think I'd want to spend a day with a... Amy, I... Oh, oh I you don't know you have people. I don't have them. They're leaving. Who are you? Uh, permit my introduction. I am Rico Sebastian. Beloved by her. And so, engaged. Oh, you're a lucky man. You are lovely this evening, Amy. Every two weeks, you will be to me. No more flying airplane trips to Iowa to see your mother. No more meeting of fellow youth like my Jeffrey. Shh, Don't... darling. You're embarrassing, the sunshine girl. Goodbye, you two. Get out. Wouldn't have it any other way. Come on, sailor. 
What now, Brain? Well, let's try another wrong number. Let's try Norton's art shop. And you've come all the way down to this nook of old Havana just because a man named Matt Jeffrey called me this morning? Uh-huh. He had another reason, too. Jeffrey died on our boat this morning of murder. So you see, Mr. Norton, why we go around Havana looking in nooks and crannies. You never know what you'll come up with. And you came up with me, one of the artist folks. I want to tell you about me. I found my soul in Havana. Why, you'd be surprised the people that bring their photographs to me to paint a lifelike portrait from. What would Jeffrey want Picture painted from a snapshot? Oh, not of him. Of his pussycat. That man's crazy about cats. He brought me a photograph of Tabby. I had a copy made to paint from, mailed him back his original. Crazy about cats, huh? We heard different place. We heard he was a cat kicker. Well, we must have heard wrong, sailor. Mr. Norton here says Jeffrey was mad for cats. Mr. Norton wouldn't lie, would Mr. Norton? Indeed I wouldn't. I'll just prove it to you. I'll go in the back room and bring out the portrait I did of Tabby, Mr. Jeffrey's cat. You just wait here. Hurry back, Mr. Norton. I just can't wait to hear more about your soul and the pussycat. Goody. Only be a minute. Ah! Help! Norton, what happened? Slate. Maybe we can get help. For you. Maybe for me, not for Norton. He can't wait that long. He's just been shot to death. Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, and the second act of our story. On a fishing trip, a man did go, can't bait, and what do you know? When a fish nibbled and yanked on line, man took a deep breath for very last time. This seems to be the custom of the day, and I will explain exactly what I say. Another fellow who was clever with paint met a pistol bullet, and now he ain't. And I'm just living for the second that LaSalle finds out we were the last ones to have talked to him. And LaSalle will find out, Miss Taylor. You want Slate to hear you. I heard him, Taylor. LaSalle won't play with us this time. This time we're in it good. If I can understand one thing, I wouldn't feel so bad Pardon, about... Pardon, Senor Well, hello, Rico. Glad you're here. Sit down. On matters of urgency, I do not see it. My fiancé, the Senorita Amy Webb, is in difficulty. Your name comes first to the lips of those in Havana who wish to skirt the police. Those who have difficulty and cannot discuss it to authorities come to Senor Shannon. This I have heard, and I am willing to pay for the privilege. Now, let's skip the pay, Rico. For now. When Amy came back from a vacation to visit her mother in the Estados Unidos, in your estado of Iowa, 
she commenced to be blackmailed. Yeah, that would fit. I don't know how exactly, but it would fit. And so, a phone call to her. Pay me $20,000 for some information, the man said, about one hour ago. Sass to meet him with money at the Arribadero docks, near the port agent's shack at 11. Listen to me, Rico. Tell her to do it. I'll be there. I'll be in the doorway of that port agent's shack. Tell Amy to walk past me. Keep walking back and forth past me. So if anyone approaches her, I'll know it. Yes, yes. And tell her not to talk to me. Above all, she's not to talk to me. No one must know I'm there. Got that? Si, senor. I have it exactly. See me, all my beloved. May I come in? So formal, Rico. The gentle tap, the polite request. We're going to be married, remember? Come in, please. I've been to Shannon. He has agreed to help you, to give you protection. For money? What does it matter? What matters is that he will hold you from harm. So I'm to go ahead and rub noses with the blackmailer on the dock, huh? You are not to speak to him. You are to make no outcry. You are only to walk. So Shannon will know you are there. He'll know, sir. Blade will know I'm there. That's all? You didn't buy me anything? A little present? A little happy, happy? I did not think, Amy. I only... How greedy I am, too. You gave me Shannon. What more could I want? Blade, you're there, aren't you? Keep walking, you fool. Don't talk to me. I'm frightened. 100% frightened, Blade. He sees you're talking to me, he'll kill. He's already killed twice. He's got the habit. Walk away. I'm frightened. No hysterics, kid. It's not the time. Beat it, Amy. Walk. Okay. Here goes a pretty girl. You're the guy I want to talk to, Buster. I'm coming after you, Buster. Slade, Slade, you all right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right. Surprised, I guess. Oh, there's blood in the cheek. Yeah, well, bullets do that to my cheek, Amy, when they graze it. Why did you cry out? I told you not to. I'm a girl. Situations like this upset me. Yeah. He got away. Your blackmailer's a buddy of mine, Amy. He's got teeth that shine in the dark. Well, you didn't get Amy's blackmailer. That's why we're going back to that man in the flea bag, huh? Your vision of penance for a deed not done. The guy out of yawn that enchanted me. You mind? Long ago, Slate, I learned not to Bully mind. for you. After me, sailor. Hi, Chico. Guess who? Please, Andalay, go away. Do not stand and gloat on me. Late eager to see you yawn again, Chico. Yawn for the man. Yeah, do that, Chico. Flash the gold. Ten paces if you open your mouth wide. You tarnish my gold by customers with my blood, senor. 
You left a double empty space in the jobbers. What more do you want? I got two of your teeth, huh, Chico? Need a blackmail, that sailor. I spoil it. My message, I lousy. Amateurs should not play this game that is murder on teeth. Oh, you fouled up on the blackmail, but you got to kill two men. Matt Jeffrey by poison, Ray Norton by bullet. You've had a busy day, little old Chico. You are both very slap-happy people, no? Sure we are, Chico. I'm going to slap you right down to police headquarters. That way I'll beat a couple of murders off my shoulders. On your feet, golden oh, boy. Take your hand for my tear-stained jacket and I will explain. Yeah, do that, Chico. With my hand on this stain, here. A letter came from my once-room guest, Matt Jeffrey. After he is deceased, I open it. Picture him. Blackmail picture to a man with brains. More brains than to me. So you called Amy Webb? Who else to call? She has had photographs in Havana papers because she will marry Havana millionaire. Who else to call? Where's the picture? In my beach shack on Vedero Beach. The dirtiest one. The painted red and blue. The one on the shakiest stilts. Under a loose board in the floor. We check you with the police, Chico. Then we check a loose board. Coming, golden boy. He sat under a loose board. Would have been easier if he'd sat under a tight board. What isn't loose in here? Lift him up, sailor, one by one, till we find the treasure. <laughs> We're having fun, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, what'd you say? Oh, I said it's a moonlight night and the sea is bright and I'm as jolly as can be. What'd you think I said? It sounded more like... Hey, I think I... Yeah, I found him, sailor. Blackmail stuff, huh? Let me peek. Huh. Amy in a junior swimsuit. Matt Jeffrey in pinup shorts. And both leaning against a brand new car. That's all? Take another look. Where are they? Hmm. To me, it looks like Miami. I've been to Miami. And to me, it looks like Miami. Kill me, it is Miami. Yeah. Cozy piece of blackmail. That's blackmail to be in my... Slate, quit snapping your gun. That's a rifle, sailor. Someone's trying to kill us. Come on. Get through here, sailor. This back door. Dive into the water. Last one in is a dead duck. Senor Shannon, Senorita Duval, please come in. Amy, tell me what happened to your cheek, Senor. I will pay for the scar it leaves. We charge by the footage. Where's Amy? I will get her. Amy, Amy, darling, we are visitors. Senor Shannon, Senorita Duval. I heard Rico say he'd pay you for your scar, mate. I want to contribute, too. You touch one inch of that scar, sis, and you'll have a few of your own. I just want to let you two know that I've got this thing wrapped up now. Take a look at this wet picture, Rico. Wet, because when we get a picture like this, we like to swim around with it. Especially when there's someone urging us onward with a rifle. Go on, take a look at it, Rico. Tweaking, isn't it, Rico? Look at it, Amy. I thought you were in Iowa three weeks ago. I told you I was. That means I was. But this picture... It was taken seven years ago, Miami. Matt and I were on the debating society for our college. We went to Miami to debate. Who won, sis? Yeah, tell us about it. You are lying, Amy. This picture was taken recently. Here, see, in the background, this year's model car. This could not be taken seven years ago. Recently, 
when you said you were with your mother. You were with Matt Jeffrey. So I went to Miami. So what if I did? So you killed Matt Jeffrey, poisoned him. That's so what if you did. I asked you to throw them out, Rico. Amy. Poisoned him at breakfast. He died on our boat. Matt Jeffrey, blackmailer number one. Murdered man number one. Amy killed someone else? All of you. Crazy. That little artist, Ray Norton, a man who got hold of one of these pictures. Blackmailer number two. Murdered man number two. Poor Amy. Poor, poor Amy. Because you wanted my wealth. You could have told me, Amy. Crazy. And the blackmail goes on. A hotel clerk who opened Matt's mail. You dreamed up a story, Amy. A good one. Told it to Rico. A story that made it look like the clerk murdered the other two. Clerk I was supposed to capture on the waterfront. Maybe kill. Truly, I am sorry, Amy. Amy, put down that gun. Get out of my way. I'll kill him. Amy, do not... Rico. Rico, I didn't mean... It wasn't for you. I wanted... You got in the way, Rico. Rico, you can't die. You can't... But done, Amy. Murdered man number three. I was wrong. I didn't think she'd cry. Yeah, you were wrong. Now go home, sailor. I'll take it from here. Isn't this wonderful place? Sailing along, calm sea, beautiful day. Well, you better head back to Havana. It's going to rain. You're crazy. There's not a cloud in the sky. It's going to rain. Head back. What makes you think it's going to rain? My new scar. This one on my cheek. It twitches. When this scar acts up, it's going to rain. How can you tell that? You haven't had that scar long enough. Look, sailor, I got scars all over. One for snow, one for hail, one for hurricane, one for tornado, and one for cloudy. This new one's for rain. It twitches, huh? Yeah. What did this do to it? Keep on doing that, sailor. I'm getting a message. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Snow, rain, hail. Sailor, the bottom's gonna drop out of the barometer tonight. <laughs> And so, our two stars, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, have brought to a close our latest Bold Venture story. Special music was composed and conducted by David Rose. May we invite you to listen again next week at this time for another exciting adventure starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall together in Bold Venture. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Mr. and Mrs. North, followed by X-1. 
Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Before I do anything else, I want to give a shout-out to Wayne Kozak, who sent me an email a few weeks ago. It really warrants a comment or two. Now, I really appreciate everyone who tunes in and listens to these gems from old-time radio, but Wayne's note was so much fun to read. He gets into the mood and the era by imagining that he's a member of the audience that would have been listening at that time. And how does he do that? Well, (laughs) he sent me a little video of an old 50s or 60s Polish radio that he uses to listen to my show. He says he turns the overhead lights off, letting the radio light the room just the right amount. And I love this line. He says, it's like sitting by the electronic hearth, which is exactly how I imagined it was tended on your show to be enjoyed. That's great. Hey, just uh, heads up, Wayne. You mentioned you're a big fan of uh, sci-fi stuff, so make sure you're tuned in tomorrow night when the show at 10.30 is X-1. And while I'm at it, let me mention that I'd love to hear from you folks. Uh, Just email me at f.proctor at mzmedia.com. All right. For tonight's action, we visit with George Valentine and an episode of Let George Do It, entitled 42 on a Rope. of Chevron Supreme Gasoline and RPM Compounded Motor Oil invite you to Let George Do It. The Adventures of George Valentine brought to you on behalf of Chevron Gas Stations and Standard Stations throughout the West. Tonight's adventure begins as George, feeling very safe after making a special trip downtown to pay the premium on his accident policy, walks briskly down an isolated street to where he has parked his car. Suddenly, from the open stairway of a building, a cascade of small round pellets bounces to the pavement, followed closely by a young woman in great haste. There is a collision, and George hits the sidewalk with the force of a blockbuster. You don't have an extra sacroiliac yak on you. Can you get up? I, I think so. Well, then, do you mind? Do I mind what? Getting up off the pavement. Well, if I'm in your way, couldn't I just slide over? You're lying on my pearls. Pearls? Oh, good. I thought those lumps were misplaced vertebrae. No. Oh. Hey, uh... Oh, thank you. Now, let me see. That makes 32, 33, 4... Yeah, here's a few in the gutter. Oh, good. Yes, 35... 36, 37. Hey, if you see any teeth down there, they're mine. Oh, I'm sorry you fell down. 38, 39. Oh, here's one of my trouser cuffs. Thanks. 40. I see you, you little rascal. 41. 41. 41. Lots of 41s, aren't there? I've lost one. 42. I've lost one. Oh, good Lord, what'll I do now? They'll kill me for this. Oh, come now, lady. Where is it? Where is it? There were 42 of them. What have you done with them? Uh, well, I, I'm afraid I've kicked it down that sewer drain. What? You kicked my pearl down the... Where? I don't see it. Oh, over there. See? Here. Through the grating. Oh, are you lucky? Landed right in that Sunday cup. Oh, I see it. Oh, yes, there it is. Oh, thank heaven. But how do we get it out of there? Well, it's a very delicate engineering problem. I need a long stick and, uh, and a chewing gum if you're through with it. Here. Thanks. Well, let's see. Oh, that's lucky. Here's a stick. 
This might do it. Uh-huh. Can you reach it? No, no, not long enough. You know, that's quite a drop down there. Oh, good Lord, if anything happens to that pearl. Well, I hate to do this, but... Are you going down there? Uh-huh. Here, hold my coat, will you, lady? All right. There's a ladder in here. Don't fall down and hurt the pearl. Oh, thanks a lot. I'll be careful. Uh-huh. Got it. Oh, give it to me, quickly. All right. Catch. Oh, oh nice one. Thanks. Hey, wait a minute. What are you doing thanks in that ladder? Thanks a lot, Hanson. You've been very helpful. Hey, what is this? Put that ladder back. The least we can do is leave things like we find them. Hey, come back here. You, what's the matter with Don't you? Don't worry, lover. A heavy rain ought to float you right up to the top. Sorry, I just can't stand saying goodbye or answering questions. Well, I'll be... Hey! Help! <laughs> Something for you, sir. Uh, yeah, yeah, this looks like the right place. Are you Mr. Zagetti? To be precise, Bela Zagetti. I am he. Oh, Mr. Zagetti, I can see by the layout here you're a jeweler. Now, I wonder if... To be uh... precise, I am not a jeweler. I manufacture artificial gems. Uh, to put it this way, I do my small part to brighten the lives of those who otherwise are not very bright. Is this exact? Yeah, probably... Well, what I want to know is, have you recently brightened the life of a young lady with a string of artificial pearls? To be precise, a blonde, Miss Dale Quillen. Yeah, that's right. I saw her coming out of this building, and I thought that... A uh... beautiful job. Smooth and pink and utterly perfect. Yes, yeah, she was. To correct myself, I refer to the string of matched imitation pearls. Ah. <laughs> pink ones. Forty-two on a rope. She was pretty particular about the specifications. Oh, yes. They were a duplication of... But uh, if I may ask you a question... Sure, of course. Uh, to put the question in this way, why do you ask this question? Well, I uh, I admired her set. I was interested in buying it, but she wouldn't sell. I wondered if you could arrange for me to have a duplicate set. Oh, it would take many months. How much would it cost? Uh, to be precise, $300. <laughs> well, that's a little too precise. She told me you made hers for 200 But no, it was the same. The price is no different. Oh, well, maybe I misunderstood. But I'd like to check. Not that I distrust you. But no, you. there is no doubt. I am an honorable man. Please, verify this. Yeah, I'll do that. If you'd like to give me her address. But, of course, I have a record of my sales. You will find out. That's all I want, Mr. Zagetti. I just want to find out. <laughs> George, anybody who'd go down into a sewer pipe after a blonde deserves everything... Oh, now listen, Brooksy, I didn't follow her into the sewer. I was doing my good deed for the day, and she ran off with my coat and wallet. Hmm. What were you looking for, a merit badge? Oh, now, Brooksy, listen. Well, it's a nice way to meet a girl, I must say. Sprawls senseless in the gutter. And all she has to do is blink those big brown eyes and... Blue eyes. Blue eyes. And you go scurrying down the drain pipe like a... Like a... Rat. Rat. Thank you. And then because you're caught in your own trap... Well, that'll teach me to keep my trap shut. You come cringing back to me like a... Like a... Good puppy. Puppy. And you expect me to feel sorry for you. So she jilted you. Good for her. What were you trying to prove anyway? Well, I guess I was just trying to prove I was willing to start at the bottom and work up. Brooksy. What? You're not mad. Oh, George, of course not. 
But I hate to see a woman make a fool out of a man like you. Another woman, that is. Well, don't you worry. I'm going to prove to her I'm nobody's fool. I know you're not, darling. Yet. But I'm working on it. Hey, wait a minute. Here we are. Yeah, you're right. There's the number. 7700. Uh-oh. Uh-oh is right. Sure you want me to come along? Unless you're afraid of the competition. What? Oh, aren't you smug. Lead on, Macduff. Yeah, here's her name on the box. Miss Dale Quillen. I'd like to give her a piece of my mind. Now, Brooksy, let me do the talking here. Yeah? Miss Dale Quillen? You're kidding? I mean, I mean, she means, is Dale Quillen at home? You're kidding? Well... Is he kidding? Well, someone is. Did you get a look at that house? What? Through that solid wall of muscle? The place is a wreck. Furniture turned over, paper scattered on the floor. Poor housekeeper as well as a crook. What are you going to do? What is this, a gag? Um, we've decided to wait. What are you, a mad character or something? Blow. Oh, come off it now, handsome. Anybody can see you've got a heart as big as all outdoors. Yeah? Then stay outdoors. A character. Get your foot out of the door, I'll chop it off. You know, you could be a lot of company for us while we're waiting. Yes, sir. A lot of company. Yeah? Give me your address and I'll drop you a postcard. If you want it any clearer, I'll step outside. Come on, I dare you. Take it easy. I warned you, Joker. Let it go, Nobin. You're too quick with the fish. You're all friends now. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great little equalizer you got there. It is small, but persuasive. Bring him in, Nubbin. I think we have interest in common. Come on, in. In one piece, Nubbin. Perhaps you can take him apart later. Inside, kidder. Easy. Yes, Nubbin is just a big, playful child. He loves to take things apart, but he has never quite learned how to put them together again. Now, shall we talk? return to tonight's adventure of George Valentine in just a moment. Meanwhile, let's go from assault and battery to just plain battery. For thousands of western motorists, October means a lot of weekend driving, like football games and hunting trips. But for the battery in your car, October means extra work and power drainage because of the colder weather and lots of stop-and-go driving. So let me give you a two-way economy tip. First, Depend on the men at your standard station or independent Chevron gas station for periodic battery checkups. They have all the equipment and know-how for keeping up your battery's maximum power and for giving it longer life. Second, when you fill up your tank, ask for Chevron Supreme gasoline. Tailor-made for each different climate and altitude zone, high-octane Chevron Supreme assures instant starts, eliminates grinding on the starter, and drain on the battery. So for definite battery economy in colder weather, just remember regular battery checkups at any Chevron gas station or standard station and Chevron Supreme gasoline. And now back to the second part of 42 on a Rope, tonight's adventure of George Valentine. Well... 
It seems that George's curiosity following his strange encounter with a mysterious girl and a broken string of pearls has landed him in a tight spot. For minutes now, Baptiste and Nubin have been questioning George and Claire until... I've told you everything I know. This girl, this stale quellant, made me look silly. So I came here for an explanation. Now I feel even sillier. You have come here looking for something. So have we. Naturally, we are all sincere people. Perhaps we can help one another, uh, Monsieur... Valentine. George Valentine. And that depends on what we're looking for. Naturally. Pink pearls, no? Forty-two on a rope, is it not? We're looking for Dale Quillen, remember? Naturally. Because when we find Miss Quillen, Baptiste Lavon also finds his pearls, n'est-ce pas? I wouldn't know. Who's Baptiste Lavon? Oh, my apology. It is I. Oh, I see. Well, what makes a string of phony oyster fruit so important anyway? Phony? I do not know this phony. Ringers, fakes, dupes. Artificial, counterfeit, paste. Ah, the replicas. You refer to this fraudulent string, huh? Ah, ah. Yeah, that's it. Where'd you get them? Uh, they were left by Miss Quillen at the check room of the Union Station. She sent me the claim check. At the same time, no doubt, boarding a train for some distant city. Why would she do that? Because they are worthless. Good imitations, no more. Value, perhaps $300. As you say, phony. You're trying to say she pulled a switch on you? Ran off with the real pearls, your pearls, and left you the ringers? That is correct. As always, Baptiste Lavon was sincere. I trusted her with 42 exquisite gems. Gems collected by no other than Louis XIV to give to his Antoinette. Tell me, Lavon, where did you get hold of Marie Antoinette's choker? Ah, spoils of war, Monsieur Valentine. As an officer of the Vichy government in France... My job was to appraise and catalogue war prizes for the victorious Nazis. Naturally, the sincerity and integrity of Baptiste Lavon were above approach. Naturally. So you held out the matchpicks. Naturally. Oh, when the fortunes of war were reversed, Baptiste Lavon reversed too. Uh, Miss Quillen came to Paris with an entertainment unit, and uh, we became uh, friends. She smuggled them into the States for you. That is correct. That'll teach you not to be so sincere. Are you kidding? Well, hello. Now, uh, you are friends of Miss Quillen. You see my predicament. Uh, I must know where she is. You will tell me? I've told you. I don't even know the girl. Your mode of entry contradicts you. You are a confederate. We are not quite fools here. Yeah, we ain't no dopes, you know. You do not help nobody. Well, <clears throat> mm, they're stubborn. Now you may take the man apart. The girl adores him. She will weaken first. You may proceed. Yeah. I'll loosen him up first with my belt. Then I'll get technical. No, don't. He doesn't know anything. Let go of my arm, lady. Stop it. Let him alone, you fool. Can't you see he doesn't know anything? You won't let go, Baptiste. Hey, I would advise you to do as nothing said. Claire, better sit this one out, honey. I won't let them. I... Who's that? Uh, I don't know. It seems to be a messenger of some sort with a package. A package? I will not insult your intelligence by warning you to keep quiet. Answer it, Nubbin. Yeah. I've got a package here addressed to, uh, Handsome. <laughs> handsome, that's all the name's got. That's me. I'm Handsome. You? Are you sure? You're kidding? Give me the package. Well, can you uh, identify yourself? Sure. Take a good look at me. Now, wouldn't you say I was handsome? Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. You got pretty eyes, too. Okay, give me the package and dust. (laughs) 
Handsome, eh? This is surely not nubbin, nor is it Baptiste Lavon. Handsome, then, is Monsieur Valentin. Oh, no, not me. No, it's... Oh, yes, Monsieur Valentin. I will open the package for you. Sacre bleu. They're not here. It's nothing but a map. Yes, but a large map of the city, with four small crosses marked on it. And these words, X marks the spot. But there are four X's. Yeah, one at High and 23rd. And one at Elm and Valley. And 14th and Underhill. And Cast and Granite. Four spots marked with X. What does this mean, Monsieur Valentine? Well, how should I Oh, know? go ahead, handsome. Tell them. They'll find out anyway. What? What are you... Oh, yeah, okay. Well, it's obvious, isn't it? She planted the 42 real pearls in different places. So even if you found one hideout, she'd still have three quarters of them hidden away at other places. Excellent. You know these hiding places? Naturally. Excellent. We will all go hunting. Nubbin, the young lady, you and I, and the gun. Please do not forget the gun. First stop, Costa and Granite. Where am I going to park? Pull up to the curb now, and let us out. And drive around the block and pick us up here. Okay. Now, where, where is it? Quickly. I cannot control myself. Well, you see that big office building there? Yes, yes. You see that window up there with the jeweler's sign? Well, I, I don't see it. Higher. Look higher. No, no. Where is it? No, it's higher yet. That's higher. No. Oh. Come on, Brooks, you run for it. Into that theater. Oh, George, we haven't been to a movie in ages. <laughs> oh, it's a cartoon. Good, I could stand a laugh. We didn't come in here for laughs, Brooksy. Do you think LeVon saw where we went? I don't know. Pretty dark in here. Can you see? Oh, little. Crowded. <laughs> Maybe we'd better take singles. You leave me alone and I'll scream the place down. Okay, okay. Hey, that looks like two in the middle there. Good. Excuse us, will you? Pardon me. I beg your pardon. Oh, this is fine. We can hold hands. Oh, George, are you all right? I think so. Oh, did you see that? That was very funny. The moss was run over by a steamroad. I know just how he felt. What's it all about, George? What did those four X's on the map really mean? I don't know, but I'm working on it. You think we're safe in here? Well, there are four X's and we're right in the middle. Wait a minute. Shh. Quiet, I please. I got it, Claire. That's it. The four X's and us in the middle. Shh, quiet. What, you two? No, look, George. There's LeVon coming down the aisle. Yeah, Nubbin's coming down the other aisle. I don't think they've seen us. Let's get out of here. Oh, George. Oh, gosh, now I'll never know how the mouse got out of the cement mixer. Anybody following us now, George? No, I think we've shaken him. Driver? Yes, sir? Got a map of the city? Yeah, hey, you are. Good, thanks. Say, pull over to the curb a minute, will you? Sure. What is it, George? I only hope LeVon doesn't figure it out as fast as I did. Hey, you got a pencil, Brooksy? Uh, yeah, an eyebrow pencil. Good, thanks. 
Hey, now look. You remember the four intersections where the X's were? Yes. Now I fold up over here. Yeah. And draw a straight line from this X to this X. Fold it again and draw another from here to here. And you get a big X. Yeah, Brooksy. X marks the spot intersecting at DeLong and King Avenue. And that's where we'll find Miss Dale Quillen. You, you made it. Hello. And you did mean me. Of course, who else? I don't believe we've met before. I'm Claire Brooks, George's fiance. Uh, secretary. Oh, it's practically the same thing. Looking at you, I guess it would be. How'd you know I was in your house? And how'd you know I'd get your message? I knew Baptiste and Nubbin were inside. I was watching from the vacant house across the street. I saw them take you in and knew they'd make it tough for you. What made you think I'd catch that X marks the spot routine? Well, you'd gotten that far with a lot less to go on. Also, I found your business card in your wallet. You're George Valentine, aren't you? Well, perhaps I should introduce you two. I figured you'd know the score because you're a professional troubleshooter. And bother have I got trouble. Well, if you can be of any Now, help. wait a minute. Remember the sewer, George. Oh, I'm awfully sorry about that. I was panicky. It, it won't happen again. Darn white of you. Come on, let's get away from here. First of all, suppose you tell us what you did with Marie Antoinette's necklace. After you. Uh, I haven't got it. I don't know where it is. Oh, well, that helps a lot. Take off, driver. Any of it here. Now, wait a minute. Let me get this. All we know is that you smuggled the pearls into the States. Now you tell us you don't know where they are. Take it from there. I know I had them. Levon concealed the pearls in a bottle of wine. I saw him do it. They were stuck to the bottom of the bottle with wax so they wouldn't rattle. Then he filled the bottle and sealed the top. I paid customs duty on the wine and got them through. Very smooth. Go on. Well, when I, when I got here, the seal was still unbroken, but... Well, you won't believe this, but when I opened the bottle, the pearls were gone. Somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic, somebody had made a switch. You're telling me the pearls were hijacked from you? It's true, I swear it. But do you think Avon would believe that? He'd say I double-crossed him. Men are so skeptical. Do you believe me? Well... Say you do. Say you'll help me. All right, I do, and I'll help you. Oh, swell. Now, all we've got to do is find the person who stole the pearls from the girl who smuggled them in for the boy who stole them in the first place. It's okay, Dale. This is my office. You'll be safe here. Yes, I'll see to that. Come on in, Claire, and shut the door. Better lock it. Should I swallow the key? Why did we have to stop at the library? Why did you have to take out a book at a time like this? Well, I'll tell you. And listen carefully. Levon's desperate. We've got to have some answers ready for him before he catches up with us. Oh, I have a feeling he's close by. You don't know him like I do. He's closing in on me. I know he is. Look, Dale, look. Keep calm. He's not in the filing cabinet or under the desk. Hey, Brooksy, open the closet door and show Dale he's not in there pointing a gun at her head. Okay. I have a surprise for you. He is. Huh? Keep your hands away from that desk, Monsieur Valentine. Back up, please, both of you. Miss Quillen, remain where you are. Oh, no. No, I knew it. I knew it. Face the wall, both of you. Your hands high. Higher. Nubbin? Yeah, Baptiste. Keep them covered. If either one makes a move to interfere, squeeze the trigger twice. I'll do that thing. And that's no gag, Joker. And now, we come to you, Sherry, at long last, eh? Baptiste, listen, you've got to listen. You've got to give me a break. 
You made a fool of Baptiste Lavon once. For that alone, I hate you. Should you do it twice, I would hate myself. No, Cherie. Your luck has run out. I didn't double-cross you, Baptiste. I swear I didn't. No? What do you call these? Pearls? You rotten little cheat. No, listen. I had them made, but give me a chance. I can explain. No, Cherie. They're phonies. Phony like yourself. Baptiste, the pearls, they were, they were gone when I opened the bottle. Somebody took them. You've got to believe me. You carry the light to the end, eh, Cherie? No. Your last chance, my darling. Where are the pearls? I don't know. Don't move. Stay just as you are. I want to remember you like this forever. Bonsoir, Cherie. Come on. Quiet, Joker. I know where the pearls are. I said quiet. Wait. What was that, Monsieur Valentine? Call off your dog, Levon. I'm ready to talk. Don't listen, Baptiste. He's a kidder. You can talk, Monsieur Valentine, from where you are. All right. Your story about Marie Antoinette's necklace got me interested in famous jewels. I've been to the library and picked up a book. That's it on my desk there, the red one. Now go on, open it. To the page I have marked. If this Wait, is nothing. Okay. A book, yes. Jewels of history. Go on, read it. Read what it says. I am reading. What is it, George? It's Dale's life insurance, Claire. Uh-huh. I have read it. Well? Well, I guess you win, Valentine. Can we put our hands down now, Levon? <sighs> of course. Let them alone, Nabin. You have very nearly made a tragic mistake. I thank you, Mr. Valentine. Baptiste Lavon thanks you. I don't get this, Baptiste. Come, Nabin. We've worn out our welcome. Mr. Valentine, we will trouble you no more. You will never see us again. Bonsoir, chérie. Now I will remember you always as you were in Paris. It was a miracle, that's all it was, just a miracle. What did you do to him, George? What was in that book? Read it, Claire, out loud. Oh, yes, Cleopatra's Pearl. Cleopatra, to impress Mark Antony, once dissolved a pearl in vinegar and drank it to his health. Dissolved it? Oh, wait a minute, listen. Go ahead, Claire. Pearls which consist of carbonate of lime are extremely soluble in weak acids. They will dissolve in vinegar containing 6% or more of acetic acid or in wine which is turned sour. It was the wine that did it, the wine in the bottle. According to the U.S. Bureau of Chemistry and Soils, pearls consist of 91 and 7 tenths percent. Never mind the rest, Claire. That's enough. Well, how do you feel now, Dale? Oh, completely dazed. Levon didn't have an argument in the world. He knew he planted the pearls in that wine bottle himself. He had nobody to blame but himself. I can't believe it. You saved my life and I... Oh, George. Now what? Now I have to go to jail. Well, it's going to be kind of hard to hold you there. Why? Well, technically, since there weren't any pearls in the bottle when you brought it through the customs station, you actually didn't smuggle anything in, even though you meant to. Levon filched the pearls from the Nazis, but I doubt if any of them will turn up to claim them. No, it was all a wild goose chase for something that simply didn't exist. Well, I'm going to confess my part of it and take what's coming to me. But first, George. Yeah? May I kiss you? <clears throat> he saved my life, Miss Brooks. May I? Where I'm going, it'll be a long time between kisses. Well, things aren't much better around here. But... Oh, all right, go ahead. Honestly, I think I must be going loony. Goodbye, George. Uh, Dale. <laughs> Just a minute. 
Yes? Be a nice girl and hand it over. What? Oh, come on, Dale. You certainly haven't forgotten why I got into this in the first place. And if you think I'm going to let you walk out of that door with my wallet, you're loony. If your family car is the kind that does all-around duty, like taking mother shopping, dropping the children off at school, picking up father after work, you can't choose your tires too carefully. That's why I'd like to talk to you tonight about Atlas Grip Safe Tire. The Atlas Tire has a specially designed tread that actually grips the road and brings you to a sure, safe stop whenever you apply the brakes. Tomorrow... Ask at your independent Chevron gas station or standard station about the built-in safety features of Atlas tires. Then try them on your car for extra protection and extra riding comfort. Best of all, when you buy an Atlas passenger car tire, you get a written one-year guarantee against the cuts, bruises, and blowouts that threaten the life of ordinary tires. While you're talking tire safety and comfort at the standard station or independent Chevron gas station, ask for those two other motor car friends, Chevron Supreme Gasoline and RPM Motor Oil. Next week, when you tune our way for The Joke Was on the Killer, another adventure of George Valentine, you'll hear George saying, Some joke, I'd say. Brooksy, see what's happened to Mrs. Ralston, will you? Well, sure, George. Glenn, he made me go through with this farce and shoot those blanks. Well, he's not going to do anything like that to you again, Agnes. Wait a minute. Listen, everybody. This man is dead. We've had enough of this vicious nonsense. You're part of this, too. This act, Valentine. Now I know it. And you, get up. Oh, leave him alone. Come and help me with Mrs. Ralston, George. Now stop this, all of you. Just what do I have to do to make myself clear? This started out as a joke, but it's no longer funny. This man is completely, hopelessly dead. Stay tuned for Bold Venture next on Theater of the Mind. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.